Speaking of veterans, we have veteran Dr. Frank with us, and you are in for a treat. He may not have served in the armed forces, but he has served in the spiritual armed forces, and he is a member of the special forces. 40 books to his name, 300 churches here in the U.S. that you oversee. How many are outside this, the U.S.? About 10,000 outside the U.S. Um, you are blessed this morning, and I want you to help me welcome Dr. Frank Damasio. Love you and appreciate you. Do it, do it, do it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for that warm welcome and great introduction. And it's good to be at the uh, Restoration Church. I've uh, been in contact with your pastor for the last year or so, uh, having crossed paths in kind of a sovereign, accidental manner, uh, and we connected, and here we are. I have with me my wife, uh, Sharon, who uh, you have to stand and greet the people. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Married 47 years, 47. And uh, four children, three grandchildren. Uh, we have pastored, uh, pioneered one church, and then uh, turned that over to someone else, had grown it to a sizable, great location, and then went back to our mother church, where we were sent from in Portland, Oregon, and took that church and pastored for 25 years. And then uh, seven years ago, I turned that church over to uh, one of our executive pastors who had been with me for 20 years. And uh, the reason I turned it over is because I had gone through cancer. And I went through uh, quite a long nine-month treatment and then another year of recovery. And that's why I use my walker. I don't have a hip. My hip is, is uh, the bone is dead. And so the hip was damaged. The doctor told me, he said, you know, Frank, we're going to kill the cancer and we're going to kill your body at the same time. And he said, you just have to rejoice that you're going to live even though you might suffer. Well, that's a great way for a doctor to counsel you, you know, uh, the prophecy of suffering right from his own lips, you know. Uh, but I thank God that I am alive and, and give the Lord uh, praise for that and realize it is a miracle. Um, because of the time, uh, knowing, you know, we, we did seven services a weekend for forever. And so I understand parking lots and turnover and people in and out. And I, I was horrible at it as a pastor uh, because I would always just push the line, you know, so the nursery workers would go on strike, you know, uh, the, uh, the ushers and the and the parking lot people, but you know, I have to say, this morning was the first for me to see the parking lot guy helping the cars come in with a cone on his head. Uh, that, that's a first. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of things in the charismatic movement, but this, this man is serious about his gifting. A cone 
on his head. I was, I was blessed to see that. Uh, so we're going to dive right into the Word. Uh, and I want to deliver something into your heart that I think will be good for everybody. If you're here for the first time, you'll get something out of this message. If you're a brand new Christian, you'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been a Christian for a long time, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. What I will put into your lap this morning, what I will put into your heart, will be usable, applicable, and you can implement it immediately as you listen to the Word of God today. I'm going to talk about three words, and all three words kind of have their own meaning for me as I, as I delve into this sermon. Expecting. Would everyone say out loud, expecting? expecting. One more time. Expecting. Supernatural. Supernatural. Turnarounds. Turnarounds. So we're talking about expectation, supernatural, and turnarounds, which means you have to have a perspective to see exactly how God can move in your personal life. There's not a person sitting here that probably doesn't have some area of your personal life where you need some kind of a visitation and a turnaround and a supernatural visitation of God into your life. In your family, there's probably a number of people sitting here that have family situations. And it could be prodigals in your family. It could be sickness. It could be so many things. But the family affects us so deeply. And we experience such a realm of emotion through all that we go through with our families. In your business, your job, uh, your leadership, your ministry, your church, uh, these words are meaningful for every one of those categories. Expecting supernatural turnarounds. In Mark 8 and verse 25, then he, speaking of Jesus, put his hands on his eyes, and I want you to listen to this intro scripture then he put his hands on his eyes again. The only time you will find this in the Gospels, where Jesus prayed for the same miracle twice. It's the only time it ever happened. Where he prayed and he asked the guys, are you healed? And he says, well, I see uh, people like trees walking. So I, I'm, I'm healed, but I'm not healed all the way. And so it's interesting to me that the Son of God experiencing this maybe for our sake to understand in the supernatural realm, sometimes there's a process and there's a walking to and through what you need from God. And so it says that he laid hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And then he was restored and he saw everyone clearly. I want, through the Holy Spirit, in a sense, to lay hands on your eyes again so that you might see perfectly what God is doing on your behalf and that you don't just see in a blur what God is doing around you. Sometimes the circumstances and the valleys and the trials and stuff we go through, we can lose sight of the biblical essence of what God says He is, and we can lose sight of expecting any kind of a exit from this situation. And so sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to come again and lay hands on our eyes again so that we might see 2020 vision. We might see perfectly clear what God is going to want to do. Now, 
first of all, the perfect clearness that you have to see and, and recognize and, and tuck into your spirit this morning is that you serve a supernatural God. The same God from the beginning to the end is a supernatural God. And I have a definition for you here. God exists outside, outside of the natural realm, above and beyond the human realm. So he's not captured by the natural realm. He's not some harness God to the human realm. And as a turnaround, God would turn around power. Why? Because we as believers believe we have a, uh, a worldview. Your worldview has a center to it. If it's a humanistic worldview, your center is that if you can't solve your problems, nobody can, and you try to get help, and you're discouraged, and that's a human view. Uh, and your center of a worldview on life and, and, and everything to do with life will, will greatly shape everything you say, everything you'll do, because your worldview has to be centered in something. Our worldview as believers, our worldview is that it's centered in the Scripture, not in our experience, not in someone else's experience, but our worldview is centered in the Scripture, it's centered in the Word of God, it's based on the Word of God. Our thinking, our reasoning, our values, our perception of reality is, is the Scripture. And so when we read about the God of Scripture, you read about El Shaddai, the Almighty God, and God Most High, and Creator of Heaven and Earth, and Yahweh, who will be all that you need as the occasion arises. So when you read the Bible, you almost want to reach into it out of hope and expectation that, is this really the God that I serve? Is this really the God that I can depend on? Is this the God of today? This God that uh, has my heart and my life in front of him? And is this God the God of the supernatural? Can I really reach to the supernatural? As we prayed for needs this morning, and uh, we did that every service also all the years we pastored because I like to bring people's attention to understanding that God is above the natural realm, beyond the natural realm. It's not what you see, it's not what you feel, it's not what you're going through. The God of the scripture is a supernatural God. He's El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He's creator of heaven and earth. He lives in the realm of the impossible and the possible. There's nothing impossible in the heavens Nothing impossible around the throne of God. When we pray, we feel the impossibilities. But around the throne of God, it is only possible, possible, possible. It's because he is God Almighty, Almighty, Almighty. It's because he's above, above, and beyond any of the human stuff that I'm going through. And so our expectation is in the God who can. It's, it's that attitude of life that says... It's possible. It's possible. It's the attitude that, that says, nothing is too hard for the Lord. That will be my prayer. And God is omnipotent. He can do anything. And so my supernatural belief has a lot to do with the way that we live. When I went through cancer, listened to all the doctor's reports and I mean, uh, being in the hospital all the time around all the specialists and the doctors and what they're saying. And, you know, they, I learned in the hospital, they always give you the worst report. They never give you the possible report. They have to give you the worst ultimate report. What you have uh, will probably kill you. The treatments 
are going to be very harmful. What's going to happen to you is your life will never be normal again. What's going to, and so if you listen to the human realm because, they, because of insurance and lawsuits and all the stuff that doctors go through, the human realms and so capture you in fear and so put you into the realm of man that you cannot reach or expect God Almighty to do above and beyond what the doctors are saying. And you can slip into that. And is that with marriage counts and anything else? And I'm saying to you this morning, he's the God of the impossible. He's the God Almighty. He's the God that can do anything. He, so you've you got to get some, some, some Jesus, Holy Spirit on your eyes again the second time and kind of blink and open your eyes and shake yourself and say, where have I been with my thinking? How did I get beat down so, so low with what I'm seeing? Because that's what happens. We get beat down. Now, we need a supernatural intervention. A supernatural intervention is this. And, and listen to my wording here. When God steps into my world, and he has a big footprint. When God steps into my world, changing which he does, the course of events with an outcome of his choosing and making that positions me for supernatural turnarounds. And so God steps into my world. I, I'm not <clears throat> always aware when God steps in. But he changes the course of events. And he begins to position me for a supernatural intervention or a supernatural turnaround, even though I can't see it. He, he comes between me and whatever it is that I'm going through. He, he appears suddenly, but sometimes the suddenly is also slowly. It's not always a suddenly, even though it appears sometimes to think suddenly it happened, but it's been in the process for a long time. He steps in, he interrupts the circumstances, and we have what we would call a defining moment. We have a defining moment where God steps in, whether that's salvation or healing or answered prayer or turn around in your family and your children and finance and all the stuff we could go into. You have a tipping point, a tipping point. You have a, a divine moment where things start turning. And in your spirit sometimes, you're almost afraid to grab it because you're afraid to be disappointed. You're afraid that maybe what you're feeling is just emotion. And though, though it's there, it actually is presenting a little bit of a challenge for you to flow with it. But I'm saying to you this morning, there are people in this room that are going to experience a supernatural turnaround in their life and their family and their business and their children and their it's going to happen. You're going to lean into it, and the fear is going to fall off. The unbelief is going to be taken care of, and you're going to lean forward, and you're going to find yourself in another realm of breakthrough, another realm of supernatural expectation. And in that realm, there's a critical point that things begin to turn, that, that God moment, that pivotal moment where things are redirected and redesigned in your life. I believe... There's a critical moment that's happening in Restoration Church right now. Even though you might not know it, and maybe you do, but as an observer, as a visitor, as a person coming through, as a, as a person who does this as what I do in all of my life with churches, I would, I would have to say to you that you're in store 
for a supernatural critical turning point that is going to be something of a prophetic nature that will fall upon this church that will break out in miracles and healings and things that you've been wanting, things you've been wanting, things you've been expecting, things you've been praying for, things you've been reaching out for. And there will be growth like you're not ready for. The parking lot's not ready for. But just remember this. There's more times in the day than 9 and 11. Just remember that. When people want to go to church, I was speaking one time in Argentina, and when I got my schedule, I, I actually got on the phone with the conference. I said, just, just a second here. You have me speaking several times during the day, and three of my times are at 12 a.m. in the morning, midnight, 3 a.m., and 5 a.m. I said, that's not real, is it? They said, yeah, we have church 24 hours a day. And I said, no, you don't. No, you can't have church 24 hours a day. Are you kidding me? He says, it's revival in Argentina, Pastor Frank, and even though it sounds crazy, you'll be speaking to a full house at midnight and a full house at 3 a.m. and a full house at 5 a.m. I said, please excuse me if I say, I would rather speak at 10 a.m. and noon, like normal people do. But you know, I got there, we went into, it was in a mall, huge theater. And sure enough, at midnight, standing room only. Salvation, prodigals, healings. I left the room thinking, my God, my God. What will happen at 3 a.m.? Packed house, standing room only. People come into the altar while I'm preaching. They don't even let me finish. And for me, finishing my notes is a supernatural thing. People would be coming to the altar and weeping and getting saved at 5 a.m. It's the same thing. And, and as I spoke during the whole week during that time and at some other conferences, I, was, I realized, like one conference I was speaking at, the, the conference was going on. And it's like maybe three in the afternoon, but the speaking schedule was, was not clean. So you would be there on time to worship, and then the speaker would end, and then the worship would start, and it would just kind of flow together. There was no stop and start. It just kind of all flowed. So right before I'm speaking in the afternoon, what do they put into the service? A wedding. <laughs> A wedding. Full-blown wedding during the worship service, Holy Ghost moving, Holy Spirit worship, and I cannot believe my eyes, down the aisle comes this lady in a full wedding dress, and everybody with her, you know, coming down, they're worshiping, speaking in their spiritual language. I'd never seen anything like this before. They come down. We're in the middle of kind of a revival atmosphere, and the pastor pauses for a moment. He says, do you take? Do you take? Let's pray over them. They prophesied over them, and they just kept going in the service. And I said to myself, this has taken the lid off of my brain. Because in America, we have set things, set times, set everything. But I'll tell you what, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, 
upon the church, everything began to change that you used to know that was the way you thought it should be. And services will linger and people will linger. I'm not setting you up for me to go longer. You know, I realize the guy with the cone is going to want me out there. And so, but it's the idea, it's the idea that if you need more room, there's more times during the week. And you might be shocked with a Friday night service. You might be shocked with a Saturday morning or a Saturday night or a Monday night. I know churches now that have gone to a Monday night service and a Friday night service. Just as packed as Sunday. I, I'm not telling you or the elders anything what to do, but what I am saying, when God steps in and he interrupts the circumstance and he brings the Holy Spirit into our midst and he begins to move on people's lives, you will not be able to legislate it. You'll not be able to control it. You'll not be able to administrate it. You're going to have to go with the flow. You're going to have to go with the flow. Oh, so much. Supernatural turnaround. Come on, how, how many received this word this morning? For your life, for your life, and for every other category. God is greater, stronger, and he's God Almighty. A supernatural turnaround is this. A divine encounter where God, now, this is not a mistake in my definition. Would you believe that this could happen? Where God reverses my circumstances, turns the negative into positive, and shifts my thoughts and life toward a new direction. He reverses the irreversible. He shifts where there hasn't been a shift. He begins to turn things in a new direction, a radical, beyond sense, beyond natural realm, beyond what you're thinking. And he begins to reverse things out. Only God can do the Romans 8 things. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord to call it according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I have so many bad things I could tell you about. And am I going to call them all things? I want you to know that the all things means bad, good, indifferent, ugly, horrible. It's all things. It's, it's not just one thing, good or bad. It's everything in that list. He's the God who can turn all things, all things, to work toward your good, even though you can't even imagine that God could reverse what has already been set in order. It's already been in process. But then God steps in and reverses it. You know, the police found a, a young girl uh, who, in the neighborhood. She was driving backwards in her car. And she was going around the neighborhood 50, 60, 80 times by the time the police got there. Because the neighbors finally called and said, there's some crazy car going backwards in our neighborhood. So the police came. They stopped. It was a young girl, teenager. And the policeman said, what, what, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing driving backward all, all over the neighborhood? She says, well, my parents left me in my car, their car. I'm driving their car. 
and I put too many miles on it <laughs> while they were gone. So I'm taking the miles off. Well, the police didn't give her a ticket because he was so tickled at this little girl's idea of what she could do with the car. But I, I want you to know there is a God who can take the miles off. There is a God who can reverse even what you put into order and process that should have never been put in. God can do something even if you miss it. Even if you miss the timing of the will of God. Even if you miss and you do something that is so below where you should have gone, and that time has now passed. You can't go backwards. You can't go back and say, well, if I would have, I would have chosen that college, or I would have chosen uh, that spouse. And I'm not, I shouldn't say that, because you, if you got married, so be it. And so, but there are certain things that we do in our life that we feel are irreversible. I'm scarred for life. I can never unwind this. I'll have to live it to the, to the day I die. I want you to know something. There's a God who can reverse the irreversible. And, and this is the kicker. This is the thing that you'll find in the Bible. He not only can reverse it, but he can actually give you better even after you've failed of what you missed. He can go down the road and not only make up for the time, but make up in every level of excellence and give you something better than what you lost before. He's the only God that can do that because he's the God of grace. He's the God of grace. He is a supernatural God of grace. Okay. Zephaniah 3.9. Watch the wording. In the end... Now notice my subject is in the verse. I will turn. Things around. For the people. Take it. Write it in your Bible. Put it into your heart this morning. Zephaniah 3.9. In the end. I will turn. Things around. Satan's grip will be destroyed. Rough places made smooth. Something will happen where the turning changes everything. How about this one? Jeremiah 31 and verse 13. I will turn. I will turn. They're mourning into joy. When you're grieving, when you've lost, when you go through and, and you can't go to sleep without thinking about it. You can't see any turning of this into any kind of a joy, into anything enjoyable. The Bible says, I will turn your mourning, that place of grief, into joy. The tide will turn. Wow. How about Psalms 126? When the Lord turned again. The captivity of Zion is streams in the south, sudden floods in the desert. The turning again. The grace of God that doesn't give up. It just keeps knocking at the door and coming. The God of grace that will break into your life. That one song that says I'll kick down the doors to get back to you. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to make a turn in your life. How about this scripture? 
Proverbs 13.1. What a great scripture. Unrelenting disappointments. Should I stop right there? And could we preach for a while? Could we take some inventory? There's not a person in this room that doesn't have disappointments. And sometimes disappointments are unrelenting. They just don't give up on you. They come after you. Something you did. Something that happened to you. Something that a promise left that didn't come true at this point. Unrelenting disappointments leaves your heart sick. But a sudden good break can turn life around. Can I prophesy with my eyes open and say to you, there's a sudden good break coming your way. A sudden open door. A sudden turn. That will heal your broken heart, heal your sick heart, and turn you around in such a way that you're going to have to give praise to God. You're going to give testimony. You'll be on that miracle sheet that the pastor's reading about because that unrelenting disappointment gave way to a sudden good break. Everything that you thought was gone comes back, or the things that you can't have come back, or the things you gave up on, a sudden good break. Can I hear an amen? amen? So, Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Bear with me to read it in three translations. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Just listen to the words. Let the words themselves speak to you. Message translation. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. Can I prophesy it again and say to you, Forget what has happened in the past. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Keep going over that. It's of no good place in your heart. It doesn't help anything. And sometimes we just keep thinking. We keep, it's like a broken record in our mind. We can't get past it. And I think this scripture really nails it to say, don't keep going over old history. I'm about to do something brand new. But you, you're so in the past. You're so living with this broken record in your mind. You can't see the new coming, but it's bursting out all around you. But you can't see it because you're so filled with the past and so filled with that broken record. In the name of Jesus, may that broken record be broken out of your mind this morning. And may you begin to actually say this scripture. How about the GNT translation? But the Lord says, do not cling to the events of the past. Or dwell in what happened so long ago. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It is happening already. You can see it now. I'll make a road through the wilderness. And I'll give you streams of water right there. How about the NLT? I like this one. But forget all that. 
It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Come on. Get a hold of it. I, I want you just to take, take your hand and your arm, and I want you just to reach into the heavenlies, symbolically. I want you just to reach. And I want you to take this scripture, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. And I want you to reach in and grab that one piece and say, it's nothing compared to what's coming. I can't even imagine it. It's so far beyond my reasoning and expectation, I can't even see it. But I'm reaching into the heavenlies this morning, I'm pulling down the Holy Spirit word into my life, and I'm saying I'm forgetting about what has happened. I'm forgetting about all the things that have come my way that shouldn't have come my way. I'm not blaming anybody anymore. I'm not beating myself up. I'm just reaching into the heavenlies, and I'm pulling down into my spirit this morning that the best is yet to come for me, and God is preparing something mighty for me, and I'm going to put that in my spirit. It, I can't even see it. it it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. This is a word for you for I'm about to do something new. It's already begun. Don't you see it? And I want to, again, just press it into your spirit. It's already begun. It's already happening. God has already moved on your behalf. You just haven't caught up with it. God has already made a turn, but you can't see the corner yet. God has already prepared you to go through the door. But you are convinced you can't. But God will push you through the door. Supernatural. Forgetting. Supernatural. Believing. Supernatural. Here's another scripture. It's in Haggai 1. And I want you to let me apply the scripture to you. It's in the book of Haggai. I'll start actually with chapter 2 first. But I noticed in reading in the book of Haggai one little word, from, F-R-O-M, from. And I noticed how accurate the prophecy was and how the Holy Spirit breathed upon Haggai to not be afraid to date the supernatural workings of God. Haggai 2.15, and now carefully consider from this day forward, from before stone was laid upon stone, from this day forward. What is today? November 5th? 8th? 12th? It's already the 12th. Jeez, I've been behind. Everyone say November 12th. November 12th. Everyone shout the word from. from. Today. Today. From this day forward. From this day 
I mark it. I, mark it. I believe it. I believe it. Right, now, right now. From this day. From this day God, God had turned, had turned my, path my path. And has worked in, in my life. From, from, from this moment. Forward. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout in the clap right there. From Haggai 2.18, he does that. He says, consider now from this day forward, and then he dates it. From the 24th day of the ninth month, he dates it. He says, I want you to know and they, he was prophesying to a certain group of people that were in a building program, et cetera, et cetera. But he said to them, mark your calendar. Ninth month, 24th, on that day, God has moved you forward. And from this day forward, the prophetic word is going to be fulfilled. The promises are going to come to pass. The enemy is going to be defeated. You're going to finish the project. You're going to finish the vision. God is going to be glorified because this was the turning day. This was the day that God marked it in his own calendar and said, from the ninth month and the 24th day, I have decreed upon that people that they would move forward and they would see a supernatural turnaround and they did they finished the wall in 52 days 52 days that had taken them 50 some years trying to get it done but when God moves in things can move very quickly things can move down the road so quickly it'll make your head swim because from that day forward the supernaturalness of God starts to work come on Put November 12th. Mark it and start praying. From that day, my son is returning to Jesus. From that day, my daughter is going to be healed. From that day forward, my marriage is going to be healed. From that day forward, the miracle that we've been after is going to happen. From that day forward. God is going to solve the complexity of my business problem, what I got myself into. But from that day forward, God is going to move, and it's going to be a supernatural turnaround. And I am believing the prophetic word for my life. Come on, lay hands on yourself. Just put your, your hand on your forehead and say, Thus saith the Lord. I am blessed of God. I have a turnaround coming. From this day forward, supernatural. I believe in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, that felt good to do right there, you know. That felt good to do because it had something to do with faith. A turnaround expectation looks forward and not backward. It's biblical. It's right to look forward and not backward. You know, young pastor who just started pastoring first pastor he's a young guy he's called to a home to pray for one of the older women of the church so he goes she sits him down and she says okay I want to go over my funeral he was dumbfounded what do you mean I want to go over my funeral I'm going to be I'm going to be going to heaven any time now 
well, ma'am, you're, you're, you got, you. no, don't give me that. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to be going to heaven. Might be hard for you to accept, but I'm happy about it. I'll get to see all my, and so this young pastor, and she says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have so-and-so read this scripture. You're going to have so-and-so give an exhortation. Do not let so-and-so talk because they were never my friend anyway. And so I don't want them to say a word at my funeral. Uh, then you're going to read my favorite scripture, and then you're going to hold up this fork. He says, fork? Why, why am I going to hold up a fork? You're going to hold up a fork, and you're going to say to the people, this was my wishes, and I'm going to be buried with that fork. He says, you have my attention. Why? She says, have you ever been to a potluck? Of course I have. Have you been to a restaurant? Of course I have. Well, you know, when you finish your meal, you know what's really finished unless they bring you a fork because the dessert's coming. So she says, I want you to put the fork right on top of me when I die. And I want everybody to understand the best is yet to come. There's still more. There's still more. I had our church, I gave out forks, I did stuff like this, and I had them put a fork on their counter for a week or two, and I had them just confess with this story, the best is coming. God's not finished. You know what? There's something good down the road for me. I have a fork. I have an expectation that God is still God and God is still working on my behalf. Come on, get your fork out today. Put it somewhere where you can see it and prophesy to your fork. I believe from this day forward, there's a lot more dessert coming my way. Okay. As far as I can get in this service, I might get further in the second service if you want to stay. I cannot promise that. But I believe this is a word for the church and for you. A new thing, already in motion, prophetic day marked. Hmm. Something new. Something new that's never been before. It's going to happen. Come on. How many in this room would say, I needed this word? I needed this word. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right now. Just with me, whether you know how to do it or not, it's just a form of prayer. It's a posture. Just spread your hands toward heaven. Just... Just spread your hand. Even if you're a first-timer, you don't even know what you're doing. doesn't matter. Just, just do what everybody else is doing because you can't go wrong. It's a good posture. It simply means I'm stretching toward God. I'm believing God. I'm reaching. I, it's a covenant hand that I hold up here. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I'm believing right now that there will be uh, so many supernatural turnarounds in the lives of the people that are represented here that there won't be enough time to read all the testimonies. There will be so many people that will be seeing the supernatural doors open and close and things happen in their own life and business and family. And Lord, for this congregation and the future of this congregation and what you're going to do and making things new and, and uh, making something that's never been before roll out into the future. Lord, I bless this congregation and I, I speak words of faith. I speak words of, 
of supernatural insight that they will see the miracles, the healings, the God that we serve, the God of the impossible break out in every area of our life. And Lord, we believe it this morning. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we all give the Lord a great shout and a great clap this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. Whoa! Wow, what a treat, huh? You know, it was five weeks ago that Pastor Arvel and I had spent the week in Portland. And you, if you were here, you remember I was, I was lit up. And um, now you know why. When some of y'all were like, Portland? Portland, Oregon? It was that. And um, I had an Uber driver while I was there go, it's... It's only a small part of Portland. It's what the news is telling you is not true. And I told you about a pastor that was pastoring in the inner city of Portland. And um, church was five years old across the street from where the Antifa riots were. The church is five years old, 2,000 people in downtown Portland, Dr. Frank's son, Andrew. And it's when we came back from MFI Global Leadership, something was imparted to us. And Dr. Frank, you have imparted something today, and we receive it. And brothers and sisters, mark this day, and I just want to say, on behalf of our church, you pouring into our staff and elder couples Friday night, over 250 of our leaders yesterday for four hours, both services, and we're going to get time with you before you go back tomorrow with just the staff. To have a general in the faith like this at this stage of his life, to fly across the country, to live out of hotels as often as he does, we are so... Many of us will never forget this day what has been imparted to us. Somebody say, from this day, in Jesus' name. The turnaround is here. Amen? We just, we say thank you, Father, for blessing us. I know as a pastor of this precious group of people, what a, I've sat here all week in this room, all weekend going, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for fathers in the faith. Who, who are finishing strong, continuing to bear fruit according to Psalm 92, 12, and 13. We receive your word and the authority with which Dr. Frank has imparted it to us because it's your anointing, Lord. And we just thank you in our hungry world that seems turned upside down. You are getting the church ready for the greatest harvest we've ever known and we thank you for it and to you be all the glory in jesus name we pray amen and dr frank you minister to me too the anointing has a way of kind of it, it it's hard to finish on time amen so and and 
You ministered to me when you said, uh, when you finish your notes, that's a supernatural miracle. Just touch me. I've had that happen like twice in my whole life. I'm sorry, I'm getting personal up here. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on, say it. In Jesus' name. Y'all have a good morning. Blessings.